0: Thank you, thank you, church, for having me. It's good to be here this morning. We are in Piedmont. How many have been to Piedmont? Yeah, man, yes. So you know where Piedmont? Who, who's never been to Piedmont? Okay, there's there's a couple. Yeah, Piedmont's on the other side of the river. Actually, probably crossed a couple rivers to get to Piedmont. You know, COVID hit and you kind of stopped doing foreign mission trips. Well, if you do ministry in Piedmont, it's like a foreign mission trip. So. Um, so, I'm so I grew up in Piedmont. He mentioned Utah, church plants in Utah. Yeah, I was saved in Utah when I was 11. So Utah is super special to me. I love to see church plants uh, going to Utah. But man, I'm privileged to, to, um, to be called to do this church plant in Piedmont. And every time I have uh, doubt, and I have a lot of doubt, God just, man, he just, he just says, hey, I got you. And he, he opens up another door, just, just shows me. So I'm so privileged. My family is here. My wife, Sarah, we've been married 14 years, um, Carly is 9, Jace is 8, and Ruthie's 5. I'll give you a little glimpse into our, into our home. We all have wrestling names, all right? So if, you, if your family doesn't have wrestling names, you're missing out. My youngest, uh, these names fit them. My youngest is Ruthie. Her, her wrestling name is Ruthless Ruthie. Uh, Jace is our 8-year-old. His name was Nacho up until he, he needs a name change, so we're going to rebrand him. So next time I'm here, it'll probably be different. And Carly is Cartwell Carly. And, um, and they, Cliff asked about their finishing moves, and, and then they started in on their finishing moves. He's like, oh, whoa, they really do, you know. Um, they, you know we, we, get, we get serious at the Reed House. And we also believe in Sasquatch. So there's a small glimpse into our home. um. We have, a, we have a lot of fun, but guys, I'm so thankful to be here with you this morning. Uh, what a privilege. So let's, let's dive in. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and open up to, or your phones, or the screen, whatever you do. James chapter 1, uh, verses 19 through 25, and we'll begin there. Mirror, mirror on the wall, who's the fairest of them all? Where's that come from? Snow White, that's right, Snow White, the wicked witch. She was standing in front of the mirror, and she would ask that question, and she was very happy when the mirror told her, you are, you're the fairest, all right? But when the mirror didn't tell her what she wanted to hear, she became angry, she became became jealous, and that's the thing about a good mirror. They always tell us the truth, even if we don't like what we see, and we're going to look at that this morning. We have to have a proper mirror for a mirror to work properly. Have you ever been to the carnival houses and you walk through those, those mirrors? Some make you look really muscular and you see all the guys kind of standing over there in front of those mirrors flexing a little bit, right? But then you walk through some, they make you look really short, really tall, really skinny, really fat. Some make you look like you got a, a big head, some make you have like big feet. Those aren't, proper, those aren't proper mirrors. And we have to have a, a proper reflection of who we are. Oftentimes, when we look in the mirror, we define ourselves by our homes, our jobs, our families, our, our car, the, how much money we make, the American dream. And we, we start to say, my value is found in those things. But that's because we fail to look past ourselves and look to who, who Christ is. And as we read this scripture, James takes God's word and he's talking to a body of believers and he compares it to the mirror. And he says, "This use this word as a mirror to look into yourself. So let's look and see what James is saying here in verses 19 through 25. Let's read together. Know this, my beloved brothers, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty and perseveres, be no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. Let's pray. God, we love you. We thank you for for salvation, for the Holy Spirit that dwells in us. We thank you for your word and how it speaks to us and guides us and directs us and, and convicts us. God, we love you because you first loved us. I pray that you use your word this morning to do a great work in our life. Not because we are good, but because you are. And we seek to bring your name glory. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I did the exact same thing in the first service. The reason that I'm preaching on this this morning, because this is a week that we've spent to think about all the things that we have to be thankful for, right? We thought this week about how we're thankful for family and for, for our homes, for the opportunity together. And I hope that we're thankful. We can say we're thankful for the Word of God and how it just speaks to us and how we can use it as, as a guide into our life. So that's why I chose this this morning. I'm so thankful for it. I, my, I would be a mess without it. But this is how we align ourselves with who Jesus is. Too many Christians mark their Bibles, but their Bibles never mark them. Looking in the Bible is like looking in a mirror. It reveals to us as God sees us. And just as a mirror reveals how others see us, now we can, and how we appear to them. There's one thing as I look into God's word this morning that we all have in common sitting in this room. No one's going to escape it apart from Christ's coming. As I stand up here as a dying man, speaking to dying people. And the the life we live now, the decisions we make now, they, they matter in the light of eternity. Every decision we make matters in the light of eternity. I want to look at three ways we use the mirror, God's word, to examine to, to, to be presentable to others. The first one is we examine. We use the word to examine. It shows us who we really are. Now there was a, a guy named Beale. He went on a, a, a long work trip and he was getting ready to come back to see his wife. And he stopped by one of the little booths and he said, I, I want to buy something special for my wife. And the lady said, well, how about some perfume? He said, sure. So she brought him out this bottle of perfume and he said, this is, this is nice. I like this. How much is this bottle of perfume? And she said, well, this is $60. And Bill said, no, I, I need something, something a little bit cheaper than that. So the lady went back. She came out with a, a smaller bottle of perfume. And, and Bill said, I hope nobody in here's name Bill. Bill said, ah, oh, that's still, you know, how much is that? She said, $30. Oh, I need something just a little, little bit cheaper. So they said, okay. So she went back and got another bottle of perfume and came back. And he, Bill said, well, how much is, is this bottle of perfume? And the lady said, it's $15. Bill said, oh, I don't think you understand. You know, I, I need something really cheap. The lady went back and she brought out a mirror and showed Bill the mirror. There you go. So why do you own a mirror? Well, we own a mirror to examine ourselves, right? We use everybody, I think everybody used a mirror this morning. We use it to examine ourselves. Some, some need it more than others. But we're able to see yourself, to clean ourselves up, to make ourselves presentable. Let's look, at, let's look at some mistakes we make as we look into the mirror, as we look into to God's Word. First, we just, we just glance. You know, a casual reading of God's Word is never going to change who we are. You know, spending a few minutes, that's not going to cut it. And that's not what God wants from us. But many times we, we just glance. We, you know, we live in the selfie world where we take our phone and we take a, you know, everybody's done selfies, right? Most of everybody. You, you take that selfie and you get to say, well, no, that's, that's not a good angle. So you delete it and you take another one. and Oh, the lighting's not good. You delete it and you take another one until you get the perfect selfie, right? The one that you think you look the best in. And then you put it on social media for the world to see. That's kind of many times the way we look. It's just a glance. It's just a quick, a quick look for the outside. But we need to use it like an x-ray. When you get an x-ray done, it's because something's wrong. You're injured. Your, your bones could be broke or, or something. And it gives you a deep look about what's, what's wrong. We need a careful examination when we look into God's word. So a quick glance is not, is not going to cut it. Oftentimes we forget. Have you, have you ever gone to the mirror, looked in the mirror, and then kind of walked away and it's like, what did what I go in there for? Am I the only one that does that? We do that, right? And then you go back, okay. But we forget what we see. Forget how you looked. But I'll tell you this, when we look into into God's, God's mirror, into God's word, and we spend time, what we see and what it shows us, it's unforgettable because we're in the presence of God. I like the way Isaiah says it. He says in 6.5, he says, Woe for me, for I am undone. I'm a man of unclean lips. Because he was in the presence of God. And then Peter, in Luke 5.8, he says, Depart from me, O Lord, for I'm a sinful man. You know, that's when God came to him. He said, Cast your nets on the other side. And Peter said, We've been, we've been fishing all night. We fished on both sides of the boat. All right. And their nets were just full. And they pulled them up into the boat. And Peter realized, man. I'm in the presence of God. When we're in the presence of God and we're hearing from Him, what He shows us is unforgettable. And another one is we fail to obey. You know, we Christians sometimes substitute reading for doing. And even talking for doing. We plan meetings and we plan conferences and we do all these things, which those things are really good to challenge us and to sharpen us. But if, if we stop there, then we miss out what God has for us. Those things are not a substitute for service. If we're to use God's mirror profitably, then we must gaze into it carefully, with intent. No quick glances will do. This requires time, attention, devotion. You ever been sick and gone to the doctor? I mean, really sick, and you're at the doctor, and you need help. Most men in the room will understand this, because they don't go to the doctor unless they're about to die. They have like a man cold, and and they need help. And the doctor comes into the room, and he spends like a minute with you, and then leaves. You've been there, and you're like, "He's he's not helping me. It takes a quick, I mean, no quick glance will do. It takes intention. It takes devotion. And when Jesus examines us through his word, he wants sufficient time to allow us to see who we are and what we can do to be more like him, to look more like him, to be the hands and feet of Jesus. And that's that's why he wants us to come to spend time with him. We need to look into the mirror of God's Word because it shows us who we really are. And we ask some of these questions right here. Am I all that God has called me to be? Am I allowing the Lord to mold me? Am I doing my best? Am I giving my best? Am I finding peace and victory in this Christian life? Man, we sing about the goodness of God. Man, God is so good. He is so good that he came. And listen, we're sitting here this morning as believers in Christ Jesus with victory. We have victory over death, hell, the grave, over sin through Jesus. Man, he is good to us. Do we walk in that victory? Do we live in that victory? MacArthur puts it this way, the faithful hearer and the doer of the word does not study the mirror itself, but rather what the mirror reveals. God's revealed will and truth to us. The reflection doesn't matter. It goes deeper than that. And that's what God's Word does. God's Word has a deep impact because we're indwelled with the Holy Spirit and that's how He speaks to us and guides us and directs us. This is our conversation piece with God. Second, God's Word restores. Each morning we prepare for the day ahead, and we do not leave without looking in the mirror. Right? Everyone looked in the mirror this morning. I'm sure, does anybody want to admit that you didn't? No. Everybody looked in the mirror this morning to get ready, to restore, to fix. I tell my little girls, uh, I don't have enough hair to be messy. I don't have enough hair to, to be uh, to have bedhead, and there's a couple of you that don't either. But some of you have some good hair. Cliff has good hair. I'm jealous of Cliff's hair, man. I wish I had good hair. It just is it's not in the cards for me. But I tell my little girls, but you women, you, your hair's a mess in the morning. alright I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. It's a mess. But you all look pretty now, so that's all that matters. But when my little girls get up, I tell them they have princess-on-a-hair. Right? Y'all familiar with Frozen, uh, the little bedhead? They're pretty with their princess-on-a-hair, but we try not to let them leave uh, but I think my little girl got out without brushing her hair this morning. But that's okay; she's cute. But we, we make ourselves presentable. We look in the morning, in we look in the mirror in the morning. We say, "What needs to be fixed? What needs to be straightened up?" I need to be presentable, and we need to have that same intent when we look in God's Word. You know, Luke uh, nine twenty three tells us to take up our cross daily and follow Him, deny ourselves. And it's a it's a daily look. It's a daily reading. We come to God and say, God. Fix me today. Help me today. I know I need, a, I need daily help. Here's, here's a little example I found. 78% of women spend 55 minutes each day doing makeup and hair. Would you all agree that's, that's true? About an hour? Some are going, no way. Some are okay. A bunch of me. <laughs> I see more men on their heads than I do women. <laughs> all right, guys, this one's for you. All right, women, it's your turn. Guys admire themselves 23 times a day. While ladies glance just 16 times. Listen, let's put this into perspective. We're talking about waking hours. How do you walk by a mirror that many times? But guys, so what this is saying is every time a guy walks by a mirror, they're stopping. And they're, they're, they're flexing a little bit. They're sucking in. They're, you know, they're, they're doing their thing. And ladies just glance 16 times. A day. They don't have time for that. They're, they're busy doing stuff. And this is this is true. I, listen, I'm 41. I still do it. I get out of the shower, I get in the mirror, and I start flex a little bit. Especially if my little boys with me, or don't we, Jace? We flex our muscles in the mirror, right? Yeah, that's what that's what we do. That's what we. But we have to take time to glance, to look, and to look past the surface and look deep into what we see. And that's what God. That's what God's word does. So the reflection, the surface, man, it's no good. In fact, I'm going to tell you a little story. There was a, there was a school, the girls in the school started wearing lipstick and, and chapstick, and they were just, they're happy. You know how girls are when they get that stuff, and they started kissing the mirrors in the school. Well, the janitor, you, you know, those little, little cute lip prints, you, when you were dating, you used to kiss the paper and give it to your significant other whatever you remember that right put lipstick on all that fun stuff well they were kissing the mirrors and it was fun until the janitor started trying to clean the mirrors off and he would wipe that stuff and it would just smear and it was happening every day so he went to the principal and he said hey we have a problem why don't you come check this out that she walked in the mirror full of of lipstick he said watch how hard this is to clean off and he would clean it off and she said okay let's let's have a talk with with the girls so they got the girls in there and they said all right girls put your lipstick on and, and Kiss the mirror, we know you're doing it, so they did, left their little lip prints. And she said, I want to show you how hard this mirror is to clean so you all can understand when you do this, it makes a lot of work. So she said, all right, janitor, clean the mirror for the girl. So he took his little handheld sponge and he went and dipped it in the toilet and he began to scrub the mirror. Well, they never had a problem again with the mirror being kissed. The mirrors, the mirrors show us a good reflection, but the mirror of God's word, it's, it looks deeper into who we are. It looks deeper into what we need. We need to allow God the opportunity to impact the way we walk, the way we talk, the way we think, the way we act. And if we allow God to do this, He begins to mold us. He begins to restore us. And He shows us who we really are. See, many times, I'm guilty of this too, we start looking at other people. And we start noticing, well, they're not doing this right, and they're not doing this right, and they're not doing this right. Matthew even talks to us a little bit about this in chapter 7. It says, how can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when there is a log in your own, you hypocrite? First take the log out of your own eye, and then you'll see clearly clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. I've often found when I'm focused on other people and what they're doing or, or they're not doing, I'm not focused on my shortcomings. I'm not focused on what God's called me to do. And when I'm focused on others, I lose focus of myself. And I, lose, I lose focus of what God wants for me. And I call this the, the attraction of distraction. You know, if God can keep you distracted and focused on everybody else, then you're, you're not being useful for God and what He has in store for you and what He, and what he wants you to do. So as we take a look into to God's mirror... If we begin with a person in the mirror, we'll be molded. We'll be transformed. We look into the true mirror, God's mirror, it reflects back a true image of, of who we are. Man, so many times we get wrapped up in our own ways. That we, forgot, we forget to stop and take time. Intentional time to get into God's Word. To just to sometimes it's, and this is something new that I've I've realized I needed. Sometimes it's just being quiet, and sitting before God with the with the Word open and allowing God just to speak as as you read. But the the Word of God not only examines us and reveals our sins, but it helps to cleanse us as well. First John one nine. He's able. He's righteous, and He's forgiving. And we have to meditate on it. It cleanses our heart. It restores our mind. Do you remember when the Old Testament, I love the Old Testament. Do you remember with David? He killed Goliath, and, and then he had the mess with Bathsheba. The story continues. Nathan comes to David. He says, David, I need to tell you something. He said, there was this rich man, he had family over, and just because it's Thanksgiving weekend, we're going to pretend it was for Thanksgiving. He has family over for that Thanksgiving. He has hundreds of sheep. But you know, instead of getting one of his sheep and preparing it for his family, he went, and he took this poor man's one little sheep, and he took it, and he prepared it for his family, and he served it to his family. Y'all remember what David said? He became angry. And David said, surely this this man's going to die. And then Nathan said, David, you are that man. It's you. You see, God used Nathan and God used his word to convict David, to restore David. In 2 Samuel 12, 13, it says, here was the assurance. The Lord had also put away the sin, thou shalt not die. Here was the assurance of forgiveness and cleansing. And it came from the Word. We have to use God's Word to examine our life. And many times it's going to show us great things and areas where we're growing. But many times it's going to show us areas that we've pushed to the side. It's going to show us areas where we say, man, man, that needs to change in my life. The way I do this needs to change. I need to look more like Christ. And that's the third one. That's where God's Word transforms. Jesus has the power to transform you. For His glory. He has, he, he has a desire to change the person in the mirror. 2 Corinthians 3.18 says this, And all of us with unveiled faces seeing the glory of the Lord as though reflected in a mirror are being transformed into the same image from one degree to of glory to another. You're being transformed. What a, what a privilege we have to have that relationship with Christ. It's a personal relationship. He went to the cross for each person individually, specially for you. And that relationship you have with Him, that's an individual relationship we have with Christ. And here He says in 2 Corinthians 3.18, we're being transformed to the same image. Guys, that can only happen, Christ living in us and through us. It can only happen if we come and we yield who we are to Christ. And we say, I'm going to spend time in God's Word. I'm going to allow you to live in me and through me. And I want to reflect you In everything I do. In my home, in my workplace, in my schools. I want to be transformed. So I can be the hands and feet of Jesus wherever I go. But it starts with the person looking in the mirror. Looking into God's Word. One person at a time. God will mold us. He'll transform us. If we each start with a person in the mirror, then we can begin to make our church a beacon of light to all those around us. And praise God for His mercies and for His grace. I'm sure we could go around this room and we could share testimony after testimony of what God has done in your life. How He's brought restoration. How He's brought transformation. Listen. Listen. And He's going to continue to do that. He's going to continue to transform lives. To restore lives. Because that's who God is. And that's what He came to do. After the Lord restores us, He wants to transform us. So that will grow in grace. So that we won't continually commit the same sin over and over and over again. So we come before God. We can say, God, Your Word's living. It's alive. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. Help me to use it in my life to cut away the things that need to be cut away so I can walk and talk and be more like you. So many Christians, we we confess our sins, we claim forgiveness. We ask the Lord to be the Lord of our life. Yet we we always battle to conquer ourselves and to conquer our sin. And many times it's because we don't put the time and we don't put the dedication in to sit before God. We live busy lives. Especially the life we live in the, in America now. We we work, we play sports, we have things we're busy. And many times we just have to stop and give God his time. And that's why I want to encourage you this morning. I don't know where you are. You you may be awesome student of Scripture. You may take the time to spend with God. But maybe today you say, you know, I need to take more time with an open Bible. You know, Chris said something to me earlier week when we got finished up. He said, you know, you get those little things on your phone at the end of the week that tells you how much time that you've spent on your phone. And he said something to me. He said, you know, I get those things and I look at it He said, oftentimes I wonder, have I spent that much time in God's Word? That was convicting to me this morning. I was like, wow, that's so true. But be intentional. A reminder is this, when you look in the mirror every morning, think about when and how you're going to spend time in God's Word. In closing, I'll say this. The word "changed" in the Greek gives us our English word metamorphosis. A change on the outside that comes from the inside. When an ugly worm turns into a beautiful butterfly, that's metamorphosis. When a believer spends time looking into the mirror of God's word and seeing Christ, he's transformed, she's transformed. The glory on the inside is revealed on the outside. Don't forget who you are. You're God's masterpiece. Remember, it's an individual salvation, it's it's an individual relationship. If you were the only one, I believe with my whole heart, if I was the only one, I believe that God would have still came and he still would have died on that cross because he wanted to see us walk in victory. He didn't want to see us be a slave to our sins. He said, no, I'm going to restore them and I'm going to transform them and I'm going to send my Holy Spirit to dwell inside them and I'm going to give them my word to speak to them, to guide them, to have that relationship. And a way to to encourage that relationship, to develop that relationship, to sharpen that relationship is spending time with an open Bible before God and allowing Him to speak to you, to mold you. Will you allow the, God, the, the Word of God to examine, to restore, and to transform your life? I hope you will. Let's pray. God, we love you. We thank you for the truth that you gave us through your Word. Lord, how we can take it, we can apply it to our life, and we can use it as a guide. We can use it, Lord, when we need convicting to take our life and to make it look more like you. God, I pray you use us in a great and a mighty way. Lord, use us, change us. Lord, help us to reflect you in all that we do in our families, in our homes, in our workplaces. Help us to be the hands and feet of Jesus as we go out and we share the good news of the gospel. We love you because you first loved us.